We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Uncontested Podcast, talking Oklahoma City Thunder basketball and the wider NBA. Sam Presti said, lower the hatch, load up the cannon, and get the tank out rolling. Catch new episodes after each Thunder game and every Sunday night. This is a house of learning doctors. Follow The Uncontested on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube to catch new content as it drops. I mean, a cat and a dog connected together? This is Lou Dork. You're listening to The Uncontested. What is up? Welcome to The Uncontested Podcast, part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Coming to you live Sunday, August 15th at about 9 p.m. Central Time. We are live on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you're listening to this podcast uh, on your podcast feed afterwards, thank you so much. Go drop a five-star rating while you're at it. That would mean a ton to us. I'm your host for the evening, Jacob Niffen. I have my man Taylor Peterson with me. Gents, we're uh, getting to a pretty fun time of the year in the sports world. We had the Kansas City Chiefs have their first preseason game uh, yesterday on Saturday. Uh, we got football gearing up, both college and NFL. We have the NBA, I believe, Matt Moore tweeted out 65 days from now, which seems crazy. It's coming up quickly. And um, and also, I've been getting into a little bit of uh, international football Ooh, overseas. There you go. There you go. We have the man alive back from Vegas, Justin Peabody. <laughs> Hello, everybody. He survived. I did like that uh, the two the two pods that I hosted live from Vegas, we got a comment that somebody missed Jacob's, what is up? <laughs> I it's saw just, that. It didn't feel right for me to say it. It just <laughs> we, all, we all have our, our niche uh, yeah. podcast intro. I had I, I didn't it just, I felt dirty doing that. What is up? I am your host, <laughs> Justin. I couldn't do it. Hey, we all we've all got our little niche, man. I <laughs> I didn't know what to do whenever we first started the uncontested. Like, how do I start this thing? Hello, Hi. friends. Yeehaw. <laughs> Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> I think so that's I exactly <laughs> what you should have done. I, I Yee, missed opportunity, to the honestly. <laughs> Sheesh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, All right. Well, gentlemen, Summer League is about to wrap up. We have games today on Sunday. The Thunder play their fifth and final Summer League game tomorrow, Monday at, is it at 4 p.m.? 4 p.m. Central Time. Yes, indeed. There you go. So the Thunder will play their final Summer League game. Uh, Trey Mann will not be playing in that final game. Uh, Grant Gibbs will not be coaching that final Summer League game. It's I, Again, it's 9 p.m. on Sunday. So we are like 19 hours away from that game. Give me percentage chance Josh Giddy plays in the final game, Justin. Five. Taylor, yeah. you're going over or under five? I went over just to say like 10, but I mean, it's, it's very low. <laughs> I saw that he, uh, was it on Insta or Snapchat that he posted was, a picture of himself in his jersey? Yep. Everybody calm down. It's rookie picture day. Rookie, NBA. rookie yeah. photo shoot. Yep. Yeah. Oh, okay. There you go. That's why then. I was wondering what was up with that. So yeah, he's not going to play. It's very disappointing. We got five minutes of, five minutes of Josh in the it was summer. Beautiful. Week. It was it was a small glimpse of beauty before. Hey, it was two ends of the spectrum. Man. 
<laughs> we had an off the dribble blow by Kate Cunningham dunk. We That's had right. him getting blocked on a step back three mm-hmm. and him rolling his own ankle. Um, what you take from that, I have no clue. There, you got a little bit of all of it. If you are drawing conclusions <laughs> from Josh's five minutes at Summer League, you need to maybe you need to get some help. Reevaluate <laughs> some things. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Speaking of though, we're gonna dive into some summer league thoughts, guys. But before we do that, a few things I wanted to mention off the top here. First, shout out to all our listeners who came out to the watch party yes. Friday night at Prairie uh Tap House in downtown OKC. Taylor and I were hanging out there. We had a lot, lots of folks show up. Uh, lots of people got free beer. Uh, it was a blast. We had a ton of fun. And we're going to plan to do another one of those, either for a preseason game or for an away regular season game. Don't know if we'll do the free beer again or not. We'll see. But we're definitely <laughs> going to do it at Prairie once more. Yes. Uh, and we're going to do a live pod afterwards. We talked to, to the owners of Prairie. They want us to get the speakers out there and, and do a live pod. So you guys can look forward to that whenever basketball season picks back up. But thank you guys that came out so much. We super, super appreciate you guys showing up and showing out for a meaningless summer league game. The first rounders even showed up and played and uh, shout out to Prairie as well uh, for just being super accommodating and awesome. And Taylor, I think I speak for the both of us saying that we had a blast and it was, it was an awesome time. Had a lot of fun getting to interact with all of you that came out. And um, like Jacob said, we were just, uh, very thankful you all did, especially for a summer league game. And I had a ton of fun with you all. So like Jacob was saying, we're just, uh, it gave us uh, a lot of excitement, I think, for a game, maybe a more meaningful game where a lot of these players are playing come regular regular season. Um, so yeah, it's going to be yeah. a lot of fun and stay tuned. Hey, hopefully I, just, I can attend this one. That's so true. That'll make hey, it point. way more fun. <laughs> and just I look just for had, the tall guy. I just had a great idea. Ooh. This first one, we did free beer to people who showed up. But at Prairie, you can bring whatever food you want in, and you can yes. eat food, and you can drink while you watch. So yep. how about next time for the away game, instead of supplying the beer, we supply the food. That'd be mm. cool. We just bring like a metric crap ton of pizza or something, and bobos. everyone who shows up gets some. Um, bobos. Oh, God. That'd be incredible. Check the Bobos trailer out front. <laughs> Everyone who shows up just gets free pizza. You buy your own beer, and we all hang out and watch some basketball. I think we'll That'd make it happen, cool. guys. That'd be we'll, very do cool. a, we'll do a live, uh, a live post game pod afterwards. So, Love thank it. you guys again for coming out. Uh, really, really appreciate you guys. Before we dive into some of our summer league thoughts, though, Justin, this is the first time Taylor and I have had you on the podcast since you have returned mm-hmm. from Las Vegas. <laughs> So you are now subject to our scrutiny. We get to get our <laughs> questions in for you. We've listened to the live pods from Good. out in Vegas. We've got As your you updates. But we got questions. Okay. And we want a little bit of a, a glimpse behind the curtain because Taylor and I were supposed to be out there with you. <laughs> yeah, uh, yes. Obviously fell through. Next summer is going Next to summer. be insane though. Yes. Full squad. So Justin, my first question for you from Summer League. What was your biggest – because? From listening to the, the episodes that you and Nick did out there, you guys saw everybody. You didn't see yes. Woj. I don't think you saw Woj. We did not see Woj, but we did see Shams. You did see Shams, who apparently is cool. a midget. He is very um, small. You saw Perk. You saw Doric <laughs> Burke. You had all these players sitting around you. What was the biggest, like, holy crap moment for you at Summer League? Um, I mean, it was probably the beginning. You know, the first... Um, the first sighting that we had, um, which I think was probably Pascal Siakam. He was probably the first big guy that we saw was in the row right in front of us was watching the young Raptors, which is the first game we watched the first game, um, in Thomas and Mack center for summer league. That was a pretty like, Holy crap. Pascal Siakam's like four and a half feet away from me. Um, the most like, Starstruck moment had to be Giannis. Giannis yeah. and the uh, and Tintacumbros uh, were all <laughs> watching the youngest Tintacumbro uh, on the Sacramento Kings summer league team, and that was like by far probably until LeBron showed up. Was it yesterday? Um, yeah. That that was the biggest star that was there. So seeing Giannis, he was right in front of us. You know, probably four or five rows in front of us, and that was the one where 
you know, most of the arena kind of played it cool when they saw these guys. Like there's this kind of unspoken thing of like, yeah, we're all just here to watch summer league, but not so with Giannis. Like people were trying to angle in, get selfies, trying to get signatures, trying to like get them to hold their kid and take pictures <laughs> and stuff <laughs> like that. Um, and that was a, that was a big moment seeing him. Like he's just so freaking enormous and, uh, he's the champ. And so that was pretty cool getting to see the champ. Yeah. Finals MVP has an NBA final, uh, has an NBA championship. Yep. Multiple MVP, multiple defense player of the year. Yeah. That's a, that's one. I think it's okay to freak out about. Yes. Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> that. That is definitely one. I think it's okay to freak out about. Um, I loved your guys' story about a book night. Like yeah, you're just, dude, seeing all these people after the first day. That was right? so weird. Yeah. <laughs> like, so the, the cliff notes version, if you didn't listen to the summer league pod, which shame on you, go listen to it. <laughs> um, Nick and I were walking out of the arena, going down the steps. It's dark. It's late. All the games are over. We're going down a staircase and there's a guy just sitting on the edge of the staircase, looking at his phone. And as I walk past, I look at him and I'm like, why does this guy look so familiar? But I can't, I can't place it. And I'm like, I know I've like looked at your face. We get about five steps further and I realize it's James book night. it's like, Oh, I've been staring at your face. Cause I just Jersey swapped you into a thunder Jersey <laughs> for a draft night. Uh, that Fair. didn't really pan out, but like, he's just sitting on the corner. Like he's waiting for his mom to pick him up. I don't know if he was waiting for an Uber. There wasn't any other like Hornets players around. He was just, chilling and that's i think it, it's so bizarre that is but that's like summer league in a nutshell and i think that was was what was so disorienting about it it's just like not a place that you would expect to see an nba player and it kind of kind of catches you off guard that, yeah <laughs> that's wild that's really cool though yeah um, taylor you have any questions for justin for summer league i wanted to ask like what's the best meal you had out in vegas yep. but it sounds like all you guys did was eat white castle and taco bell so <laughs> I mean, we have the Nick, the Taco Bell Cantina there. The Taco Bell Cantina, <laughs> get the Baja Blast with tequila in it. Um, mm. That's not too shabby. No, Nick and I were responsible with the uh, podcast money. <laughs> um, we saw a guy in a Dort jersey at White Castle. We also saw the lady behind me verbally assault the cashier at White Castle. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> it was the full White <laughs> Castle experience. Um, <laughs> I've never had White Castle. Nick had not either. That was, was it was, maiden voyage. Okay, so that it wasn't your maiden voyage. Then. No, it okay. is not special. Okay, so <laughs> so if you had to rank, like, we're gonna get off topic here, and that's okay. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna give you four, and I need you to put them in order. Okay. 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 Brahms. Okay. White Castle. Uh huh. In and out. Uh huh. Whataburger. In and out. Whataburger. Brahms. White Castle. Ooh. Wow. Okay. <laughs> You're high on In and Out. I love in and out. I love in and out. A lot of people tell me in and out is very, very overrated. A lot of people are wrong. Yeah. (laughs) I've had in and out, I think, two times. I mean, me too. I've had it twice. It's good, but the way it was hyped to me, like it didn't Mm. live up to the hype. I agree. No, I am willing to say I've only had it in Texas, and I hear that the originals in like the California and Hawaii area is way better. I I think it's a nostalgia. Admittedly, it's nostalgia. My grandma lived in Southern California. That's where my parents Uh, grew up. Yep. We'd go see grandma, go get in and out. Like it's it's firmly entrenched in my memory there. (laughs) There Uh, No, White Castle, White Castle's kind of like a cafeteria cheeseburger. It's not special. That's Um, true. But it's cheap and you get like four sliders for like four bucks. There you go. Hey, White Castle, if done. you want to sponsor the pod, we'll say nice things <laughs> instead of bad things. Just so we, in case. we did go to apparently Shaq owns a chicken restaurant that was <laughs> right across the street from our hotel. We did not know it was owned by Shaq. Well, there was slowly like clues as we ordered. There was a chicken sandwich called the Diesel. Um, <laughs> and then there was like a pair of giant footprints in front of the soda machine. And then there was a code on the bathroom. And when I asked for the code, it was 3434. <laughs> and then I went to get ketchup. And next to the ketchup, there was shack sauce. And I was like, oh, I can put all this together now. <laughs> there you go. I think I, I know what this is. I understand. Yes. That's awesome. Detective for the week. I like it. Awesome. Well, Taylor, did you have any questions for Justin before we move on? Oh, I don't know. Just because like every, all the questions I had, I was just shooting them out to them and overwhelming them in the slack. So they covered a lot of it in the, in the Vegas summer league update episodes that they did, which were, I was trying to think of things that were a blast. 
I was trying to think of things that happened like after we recorded those episodes. So one of the probably the one of the coolest experiences was watching Cade versus Jalen Green. That was obviously super anticipated. The arena was pretty much full. Um, What was really cool was seeing like the other players start to trickle in. That one was one of the first ones other than maybe Cade's debut against OKC where you had players from other teams showing up. Usually it was like, you know, players oops players from that team walking in to watch their teammates you know you'd have like michael porter jr watching the nuggets summer league squad something like that this game you had other players just showing up just to watch so um to watch number one versus number two yeah exactly so we had in the row in front of us we had tyron lou um just sitting literally right in front of me um and a couple rows in front of him was mike boyton obviously Cade's college coach um, then security comes over and starts talking <laughs> to Mike Boyton and we're like, Oh, what's going on? Like we saw that happen a lot with n- like normal people. <laughs> They'd be sitting front row, they get kicked <laughs> out and then, you know, Pascal Siakam and miles Turner would take their seat or whatever, but they kicked Mike Boyton out. He comes <laughs> and sits literally right next to me. Um, and then John Morant and like 12 other dudes show up and sit where Mike Boyton was oh, wow. in the front row. And <laughs> hey, so coach, you gotta go. Sorry. <laughs> we had jaw two rows in front of us, Teron Lou one for, row in front of us, Mike Boyton literally in the seat to my left. And then on either side was, you know, all the rockets like, uh, John wall was there, uh, on the right side, you That's have cool. some of the Pistons guys. And so it was it was awesome. That's uh, so cool. Getting to hear Mike Boynton. Like it's sounded Just like he more was and still... more star talent coming in around you guys at that point. Yes. And Boynton sounded like he was still on the sidelines, like watching that game. <laughs> he was getting fired up. Like if, a, if Cade made a good pass and the guy didn't make the layup, he was getting pissed off. <laughs> and <laughs> and if awesome. Cade made the wrong cool. read, he was getting mad. And it was, it was pretty cool to get to hear, hear his thoughts during that one. So last question I have for you before we move on. You got to watch the top seven draft picks. Obviously, yep. Josh only about five minutes. Who went number eight? That was Franz. You so you got to see Franz Saw Wagner. Franz, yep. Who went number nine? <laughs> I'm trying to figure out. The, did you see everyone in the top ten? Did you see everybody in the lottery? Probably. Who was uh, the Who was the most impressive? that you watch. Obviously it's just summer mm. league. This isn't projecting out for their careers, but just who was the player that you were like, geez, this guy is insane. Like yeah. what was it? Jalen green and his effortless scoring. Was it apparently Scotty Barnes cusses a lot down there, which yeah. I love. Scotty uh, Barnes it, was, a, was feisty. Yes. I love awesome. it. I love it. So, so who was the most impressive guy you saw? Overall most impressive, uh, is Jalen green. Absolutely. He was fiery. Um, that first game against Evan Mobley, he was real fired up. And we kind of said, you know, after we watched that first day and we saw, you know, Book Knight, who was real fiery, we saw Jalen Green, who was real fiery against Mobley. And then we watched Cade against OKC, and Cade was like, yeah, whatever. And like, I get He's it. Feeling Cade, it out. Cade's probably, probably in the bucket of too good for Summer League already, if we're yep. being honest. And so like, yeah, I get it. But then as Nick and I were walking back to the hotel, it was like, I wonder if Jalen Green is going to be able to bring out some competitive spirit out of Cade Cunningham when they match up. And I think they did. Yeah. Uh, they definitely, they went back and forth a few times. You could see it. You could see it in warmups. Like we were wondering, are they even going to dap each other up before the game, which they did at like the last possible second. But you could <laughs> tell like there was already, there's a rivalry there. And I think that's going to be a fun one for years to come. But Jalen Green, I mean, he's just he's electric. Um, he can score at will. Uh, he he looks like he's gonna put up some numbers yep. on that Rockets team this year. It's gonna be really fun to watch. That's so cool, also, like to think that you and Nick, you know, 10 years from now can like be talking to your kids and been like, Yeah, I got to see the very first uh I mean, not technically NBA game, but uh back NBA. in my day. <laughs> back in my day. <laughs> That's really cool. I but, walked uh, 35 miles <laughs> in 110 degree heat from our hotel. Yeah, I heard it was crazy. Out there. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. stupid hot. Stupid and we hot. did a lot of walking. Um, my feet still hurt. If I'm being honest, <laughs> yeah, I could imagine. All right, guys, well, let's jump in and get some, some broader th- summer league, both thunder. And I have one kind of general summer league question here, but we're going to throw it back to an uncontested classic. Play a game of take it or leave it. 
So I have six quotes here. Uh, we're going to go back and forth between the two of you. I'm going to give you a quote, a statement, and you are going to tell me if you are taking it or leaving it, and then give us a little bit of insight why. And then we can debate each one of them, get a little deeper into it. Sound good? Sounds good. good. Awesome. Taylor, you are first up. Take it or leave it. Jeremiah Robinson Earl will have a solidified spot in the rotation this season. Like day one. Taking it hands down. Um, If I looked a little distracted at the the beginning of the podcast, it's because I was doing a a lot of digging on Google.com looking for summer league stats for individual players. Shout out to Real GM because I think they're (laughs) probably the only site that has that. Uh, And I was able to find it. (laughs) Nice. So uh, Robinson Earl, 11.25 points per game and and four games played, obviously, averaging 26.4 minutes. So he got a lot of playing time, which is really cool to see. Um, Also by necessity because like we talked about, he was literally one of two big men <laughs> on uh, on the entire yeah, roster right. for the for the Thunder summer league team, but eleven point two five. So basically, let's call it eleven points on um, eight point seven. So about nine attempts per game. Um, so this is a little different than B ball reference. So I'm uh, kind of struggling to find attempts. But um, the thing that really stood out to me was his efficiency: forty eight point six percent from the field. Um, he was thirty seven point five percent from three, which isn't necessarily great, but he averaged four attempts per game, which was kind of cool to see him not be scared to pull it. Um, and then over, uh, let's see, true rebounding, 7.25, so about seven rebounds per game. As you can tell, um, on a team that didn't have necessarily a ton of talent, once Trey Mann um, w- was out due to personal reasons, and then obviously Josh Giddy, like we talked about, really you just had <laughs> Teo and then uh, our, two ro- or our two other rookies from this draft, as we talked about, and then um, a bunch of like basically OKC Blue type players. I thought Robinson Earl was a very bright spot for this Thunder team and probably will be continuing into tomorrow. I talked a lot about his defensive versatility that stood out to me, not just down low, being able to use his strength to to battle with true bigs. Um, as I don't know if you can call him a true big. Um, he was able to hold his own down low in the post, but he also was able to jump out um, to the perimeter, whether it's help defense or off the pick and roll, and guard quicker, smaller guards and forwards um, and was able to hold his own there as well, use his feet, and something that Jacob mentioned a couple of times that me and him have talked about in the past couple of podcasts is just the word fundamental. And I think that's what we saw, particularly on the defensive end, but also on the offensive end as well. We see him making the right reads, taking the right shots. Um, I don't know. I just, I, I thought he looked really good on both ends of the floor. And again, not super surprising when you consider that he's a Villanova, uh, Jay Wright, um, not disciple, protege. I don't know what you call it there. Um, <laughs> pupil. And uh, those guys out of Villanova always come out NBA ready if they have NBA level talent. I think Robinson Earl absolutely does. And I think he's going to fit really well with this mold of the Thunder moving forward. So I would not be surprised to see him get quite a bit of minutes um, starting from the first first regular season game. Justin, you have any thoughts to add on that for Jeremiah Robinson Earl? I agree. I think he's absolutely going to be in the rotation. I think that he's an interesting prospect for this point in the Thunder rebuild because he feels very safe. And I think he's he's a Villanova guy. You see it a lot with Villanova guys where they come in and they've got the fundamentals down. He feels very much like a high floor, low ceiling kind of guy. So I'm curious what his long-term value is with this Thunder team. You look at some of their other, you know, draft picks like a Poku or in a Josh Giddy that are much more volatile of, you know, low floor, high ceiling type of guys. JRE feels like a um, some somebody you can count on for a reliability standpoint. I think in our Slack, we were comparing him a little bit to like, is he a Nick Collison type role? Like, is he just like, he's going to do what needs to get done? He's going to do the fundamental things. He can kind of be a glue guy. I think that's very much where JRE could find himself. But all that said, regardless of where his future pans out, I think he he absolutely has minutes in the rotation. Yeah, I agree. I, I think I was the one that made the Nick Collison comp. I he's think it just, was. He's a glue guy in every sense of the word. He's not going to be some crazy 20-point a night type of scorer, some yep. sort of stopper. But he's just a guy that can go in and he can just fit in, right? Yep. He reminds me kind of a lot of a Kenny Hustle too. Yeah, uh, maybe not as much mm-hmm. as the hustle aspect, which he, although he does, but just 
he can do a little bit of everything. He can fit in. Um, he moves the ball well. He doesn't try to be overly flashy or do too much. He very much knows his role. Um, and, and he's just one of those guys that connects other guys together. Right. Yep, yep. And and so, yeah, I, I think I think I'm with you on that one. All right, Justin, you get the next one. Take it or leave it. Teo Maladon is clearly ahead of the other bench guards like Ty Jerome and Trey Mann, and will be ahead of them in the depth chart. Absolutely, 100%. Take Ooh. it. Okay. Um, Teo, I mean, we've seen him from a physicality standpoint. He looks visibly different. We've talked about ad nauseum, his workout regiment and muscle watch and all the things Thunder Twitter loves to do. Um, he, he's put on some weight. He looks in control. That first summer league game against Cade Cunningham, he was the best player on the floor with the number one pick in the draft with a huge, huge giant asterisk of it was Cade's first summer league game. Summer league games are meaningless. Teo was the only player on the floor who played solid NBA minutes last season, really. Um, so take that with a giant grain of salt. But mm-hmm. Teo played really well. He's a game manager. He's a guy that can control the ball. He can handle the ball. He's not going to make a ton of mistakes. I think it was 11 assists and two turnovers in that first game. Um, really solid numbers. And I think that's what you're going to get out of a guy like Teo. Once again, kind of similar to JRE. I wonder where his yeah. ceiling's at. Mm-hmm. I think his ceiling is higher than JRE's, but I don't think it's like superstar, you know, leading a team point guard kind of position. However, you mean it's not Tony Parker? No, what? <laughs> Did you know he played we were for Tony Parker's team in France? Mm, I've, you know, I heard that mentioned once. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if anyone knows that or not. But I think that he is a. At this point, I view him as you know a really solid backup point guard who can run your bench unit. He's not going to let a lead slip away. He's going to control the game. He's going to be able to come in and give you what you need off the bench. And I think. Any championship contending team needs that. Look yeah. around look around the league. That's a hot commodity. Making sure you have somebody that doesn't absolutely crater when they come off the bench to lead the offense. That's Teo. They've got him. Um and where he's that, very young. And he's very young. So where that ends up in the future, who knows? Does it end up like a Reggie Jackson situation where he feels like he should be starting? I I could see that happening if he continues this trajectory, but I could also see him being happy with that role, owning that role and being a crucial piece for the thunder moving forward. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Taylor and I had this discussion on the Wednesday pod. I think Taylor, I put, I I'm leaving this one because as far as upside and swing and potential, um, just potential of being a better basketball player. I think Taya was fine. And I think Taya was very, vanilla and fundamental and I was gonna say fundamentally sound yeah <laughs> he he, re- he reminds me a lot of like an eric mayner hmm. where yeah. trey man uh and ty jerome just have a little more of that that it factor right a little yeah. more of that sauce if you had asked about future potential i might have answered yeah. that question okay two shots um, totally because I, I think watching trey man in person uh, Nick and I both made the Trey Young comparison. Not Once, that we're saying yeah. Trey Mann is Trey Young. But the but way he's able to get his shots off and get to his spots, it's, he's it's so very shifty. similar. Yep. He's so shifty. Stop Being and quick. go, the hesitations, the step backs. Now, granted, the night we watched him, he went 3 of 14 from the field. But again, so did kind of Trey Young in his first summer league yeah, game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the shooting will come with time, but the moves and the presence that he has and the kind of ability to carve up a defense is there. His ability to get to his spots, yes. especially in that mid-range 12-foot floater distance, yeah. that's impressive stuff. He's going like, to have some highlight plays this season that yep. are going to make Thunder fans feel tingly, and I'm excited <laughs> to watch that. Yeah, I I'm agree. excited. Taylor and I talked about this, I think, on Wednesday as well, but Trey is very much like, I think we saw him after Josh went out do a lot of the ball handling responsibilities, and I don't think he's going to do that with the Thunder. There's just too many guys that can handle the ball. It's kind of like Ferguson when he was handling the ball a couple years ago. I think giving him a chance to catch and shoot and then attack off closeouts, I think he could be really good. So speaking of Trey, Mm. uh, this next one is for Taylor. Taylor, take it or leave it. 
Trey Mann is going to struggle to score against NBA caliber defenders. So I think you guys led into this pretty well, and it seems like we're all probably going to agree on this one. I'm absolutely leaving it um, because the thing that stood out to me the most, like, again, um, we talked a lot about this, and I just, I don't know, I'm kind of to the point where I'm just kind of tired of summer league in general because everything that happens, everybody's like, oh, well, you can't really make, you can't really say that. It doesn't really mean anything because it's summer league, right? And it's like, you know, and, and I think there's some truth to the to the statement that we talked about here a couple of weeks ago. If a player is really struggling uh, against this caliber of talent uh, and, and and players are playing against, that's probably a red flag. But if they're playing really well, like some of these guys going off that we see each night, um, there's not a ton you can necessarily take from that. But with all that being said, I think it's unfair to say there's nothing you can take away <laughs> from summer league because there's a lot of tangibles, like we talked about with Robinson Earl. That's a really perfect under specific example. With Trey Mann, he did struggle, obviously, shooting uh, and scoring the basketball. But like you guys mentioned, the thing that stuck out to me the most when, you know, and leading up to summer league, I was diving into a lot of quote unquote film. And yes, that includes highlights, that includes raw film, like going through and actually watching this guy play in Florida and just reading more about him doing some research. What I saw translated to this next level in summer league and that he was able to get to his spots and get his shot off literally whenever he wanted to. Yes, he's going to struggle to create. Yes, he's not the super, you know, he's not super strong. He's going to finish uh, finishing through contact, but he is shifty around the rim. He's still able to drive and either, uh, you know, do a quick pull up to get his shot up, or he's able to kind of manipulate his body in a way not so different from Shea, where he's able to um, draw contact in that sense. Again, the strength is going to be a huge thing for him. But the fact that he's able to create, especially on perimeter, to create space um, for himself and be able to get that shot off, when that shot's falling, I mean, again, I mentioned this heading into one of my predictions for a preseason that was very wrong was that Trey Mann would be a guy that saw 20 plus points in one game. Um, but you look at those first two games and if those attempts, you know, based off those shot attempts, if that shot's falling, he had 20 easy. He, he had 30 easy. Yeah. And so uh, I, I'm leaving it. He, he's going to be able to um, get a shot off whenever he wants to. It's just a matter of him getting, gaining strength over these next couple of seasons in a um, NBA um, facility organization. Yeah. Justin, you mentioned the Trey Young comp for Trey yeah. Mann. As far as like some of the shiftiness, um, and then Taylor, you you've been harping on this, like his lack of size and strength at the rim. And so he's got to have like these super flashy finishes. Yeah. I see a little bit of Kyrie there too. Hmm. That's a yeah, that's true. <laughs> Again, yeah. like not claiming he's Kyrie or he's ever right. gonna be Kyrie. Right. But like it was that last game he played where he passed up all the open threes and tried to attack instead, which I thought he just should have shot. But he had that one finish where like he was on the right side of the hoop and he drove in and went up and like almost like triple clutched it and yeah. then was like falling back and kind of like floated it in. Like just some very Kyrie style, like crazy acrobatic, skillful finishes. Yeah, um, I yep. think like, and like you guys were saying in terms of role, you know, you were talking about Teo, um, you know, like a, a six man kind of guy, a, a bench point guard who can run your bench unit, play with the starters some, or maybe even like a long-term starting point guard in the right situations. I think Trey Mann's absolutely, at least in the, the short term, um, as he kind of gets accustomed to the league, is going to be a, a bench scorer. Mm -hmm. um, this is a guy five, six seasons from now, we could be talking as a six man of the year candidate if he can be a consistent score in the league and put on that size um, yeah. and be able to contend defensively as well. I'm, yeah. I'm anxious to see how he comes along defensively. And my thing is he played five minutes with Josh. Yep. Right. And then yep. after that, he was kind of like the guy for OKC in a way besides Teo. Yep. But whenever he gets out onto the actual NBA basketball court, he's going to be getting set up from guys like Shea, Poku and Giddy time and time and time again, he's going to get open shots. Right. Yep. Now, right. I will say I mean, just really quick, that, that's one thing that does like, I don't want to say concerns me, but just something I'm going to be keeping an eye on. He's not much of a catch and shoot, shoot, uh, catch and shoot shooter score at this point. Um, well, he wasn't at Florida, but I think but he said he in interviews that like he has been an off ball player before. It's just at Florida. He was yep. kind of, his hand was kind of forced. Right. So fair. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting for sure. You uh, heard Justin. it here first. Trey Mann is a mix of Kyrie Irving and Trey <laughs> Young. Trey Young. <laughs> Aggregators, get at it, baby. I'm ready. Uh, Justin, mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to give you another Thunder-centric one. Okay. Take it or leave it. If Poku had played in the Summer League, he would have been one of those, Ooh. quote, way clearly way too good for this level 
type of guys. I am taking that 100%. (laughs) The number of times... The, one, the number of times I leaned over to Nick and said, I'm so pissed that Poku's not playing <laughs> was uh, unbelievable, especially the two games that we caught Bowball. Because seeing Bowball in action, seeing yes. how fired up the crowd would get when Bowball just like moved his elbow or like did anything. Um, <laughs> the the people that got the summer league crowd fired up was Bowball, uh, Mac McClung, and <laughs> Luca Garza. And so, yeah. like, Poku would have chest. been the summer league <laughs> fan favorite, no doubt in my mind. No I doubt in my yep. mind, because that man's confidence would have had the the arenas absolutely berserk. Um, I think he he would have come in and you know hopefully tried to throw some behind the back passes, just do some of that nonsense that we saw him try all season Pulling long from half and, court. Yes, <laughs> yes, and it it was real easy. I mean. The biggest thing that stood out to me watching all these guys is the kind of chasm that existed between guys that played legit NBA minutes versus guys that hadn't, whether that was the rookies or, you know, guys who like Charlie Brown Jr. Or Kenneth Fareed. Kenneth Fareed. Michael Beasley. Michael Michael Beasley. Beasley. Dude, Michael Beasley. Blonde haired dude, Slim Shady for uh, the Orlando Magic. Yes. Oh, yes. Uh, Tima. 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 Dude, Tima's wild. Um, Michael Beasley hugged like 27 people before he actually started warming up. And it was just like, this is kind of sad. That's um, terrible. Victory lap. There, there's a big, it was a. It was very apparent. And it makes a lot of sense in Summer League, right? And I think that's one of the reasons Jalen Green looked so good. He was used to playing against kind of that caliber of competition. Yep. Um, and Poku, think, think of how Poku lit up the G League bubble. Exactly. Like that's, this that's competition exactly is not as good as the G League bubble, right? Yep. That's that's exactly what I was going to say. So because Jalen Green looks so good, he had that experience playing for G League Ignite. I think the same would have gone for Poku as well. If he had gotten burned at Summer League, I think his experience of playing against NBA action combined with what he experienced in the G League bubble, Poku would have been going bananas. And I would have yep. been here for it. I legit think he would have been too good for summer league. Like I agree. Play, play two games to get pulled type of thing. Yeah, I agree. I just, maybe uh, like he would have been crazy efficient. And I think that's one of his big things this next season is be more efficient. I can't wait to watch him play, man. Like yes. I know like we make all the Poku jokes and we talk all this <laughs> shit, but I like legitimately, I'm very excited to get to preseason yep. and just see what he looks like physically. See, does Physically, does he like look like he's put on pounds? Yep. Uh, against playing against guys, especially defensively, does it look like he has gotten stronger? And then to see if that efficiency has yep. started to grow a little bit. Well, I was just because gonna mention even so, they're working on something special, man. And then just like we talked a little bit about, but like watching him with uh, with Josh Giddy and Shay mm-hmm. and seeing all these guys at the court at the same time, like just drop in like half court, one handed or full court one-handed passes to each other, bounce passes to each other and behind the back passes in transition and off the backboard. Just, I can't wait. Has potential to be wild. Yeah, right? they'll go off the backboard. <laughs> I don't know if anyone can get up to dunk it, but they'll go off the backboard. <laughs> yeah. Poku will be playing center, but <laughs> um, I was watching some Poku highlights the other day and there was one, I don't know if you guys remember this play. This is like one of the plays that sticks out to me the most about Poku last season. It was later in the year. Um, when after, after Shay was already sitting, I can't remember who it was against, but there was a play where like Poku made a move, made like a head fake and, and crossed over and got just left his guy in the dirt. Uh, he was on the kind of like the left wing and he drove in and like, he went up and under and like did a wrap around pass around the defender and typically do a wrap around pass. You drop it off to the guy in the dunker spot. But he wrapped around and like all the his, way around. His right? arms are so damn long. <laughs> like he put his arm all the way around the guy and did like a kick out to three yeah. from underneath <laughs> the basket to, to Teo. And I'm just like, dude, there's no way anybody can see that pass. Yep. It's like I just it I watch it over and over. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm like, nobody knows that pass is there but him. It's the on-court awareness, like he and Giddy both have a very, very high level of that. And I 
we talk about it all the time. Just a, a new era of Thunder basketball. I cannot wait to watch the way these guys pass the basketball. Just the way they read the floor. Incredible. Absolutely yeah. incredible. I've had uh, multiple it- multiple dreams about a Poku to Giddy <laughs> to SGA fast break. Uh, I can't. I can't wait. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Preseason can't get here soon enough. Uh, is it Taylor's turn? I think so. I think, I think it is sure. Taylor's turn. <laughs> Taylor, take it or leave it. This one's going to strike some nerves with, uh, with Thunder Twitter. Ooh. The Thunder will regret trading the 16th pick that became Alperen Shingun for those two future firsts. The Thunder are going to regret it. Sam Presti is going to regret it. Take it or leave it. So Thunder specifically, we're talking about the organization. We're talking about Sam Presti like you just specified. Mm-hmm. So I'm leaving it. I think Sam Presti absolutely knew what he was doing. Um, he knew who Shingun could potentially be. None of this is surprising to him. And he evaluated that um, versus the the benefit of gaining two additional first round assets in, in return for bringing in a guy like Shangun who could potentially contribute immediately. Um, but he didn't feel fit what they're trying to build, or he didn't necessarily want on this team for whatever reason that may be. Uh, they obviously have a lot more intel than we do, uh, so much so that you know you have people like Chad Ford saying that uh, they wouldn't be surprised to see Shangun go to the Thunder because they have such a great international scouting team uh, or they're they're so great at scouting scouting internationally compared to some of the other organizations in the nba so uh i, I trust presti in that that uh, circumstance and uh, i just think it's going to be hard for thunder fans not just the summer league but um especially this upcoming season just seeing uh probably shangun putting up numbers and um i, I probably contributing early because he's going to have a big role in that team uh, and why would presti do that but Again, you have to take the the whole big picture into consideration here, and um, and Presti didn't feel that Schengen was the guy, so uh, I, I trust in that. I do not think that Presti and the Thunder are going to regret not taking Schengen and uh, trading for two additional first rounders. So I I have some thoughts on this. One, Rockets fans are out of pocket. Yeah, <laughs> you don't they say. Like something I can't wait for them to start the season like zero and twelve. And just like, <laughs> let's just chill for a minute. I saw somebody post a picture today of Jalen Green, Shangun, uh, Josh Christopher, and Usman Garuba and compare <laughs> it to the pick of Russ Harden, Katie, and Abaka. Oh, boy. I was like, get get out of here. We've played four summer league games. What are we doing? <laughs> it's been a long time since they've had something to uh, cheer so, for. <laughs> so that's step one. Rockets fans are out of pocket. Um, it's it's been four summer league games. Shangun's looked fine. I stand by my my thought that Shangun is likely headed to be a glorified Ennis Cantor. <laughs> He'll put up great numbers, but he mostly pisses people off. Uh, Moses Brown put up great numbers, but also mm-hmm. mostly pissed people off. Um, I'm not convinced that Shangun is like the next great, you know positionless big in the league i don't see it yet and even if i did it's summer league so <laughs> yeah going up against luca garza <laughs> right right i don't i don't think it's fair that uh rockets are so fired up about shangun and if you're a thunder fan you should not be that upset about missing out on him has he had yeah. some fun moments absolutely but so is leangelo ball Right. Um, I was gonna like, say not just Shangun, like just yeah. that's kind of my whole thing that I said earlier. I'm just ready for summer league to be over. Yes, because Thunder but, fans are reacting to Cam Thompson going crazy and like so, Eric Thomas going crazy and so Shangun's Shangun's fine. Um, yeah, and I he'll think, be a solid player. I think yeah, he'll he'll be a solid player. Um, those two future, <laughs> I think the hardest part is like those two future firsts don't feel like a lot of value. Um, I think my biggest thing from just watching Shangun is he doesn't feel like he fits the mold for what the Thunder are going for in this next iteration. That's fair. He's not a positionless big. He can't guard tons of different positions. You can't play him anywhere on the floor like a lot of the other guys that we've seen the Thunder go after. And that I think was probably a big factor in Presti not going for him is he's He's not kind of this next generation positionless guy that you can plug and play wherever that gives the Thunder lineup versatility. He's a little bit more traditional uh, in terms of a big. So I think I think that's probably the biggest reason is like I just don't think he necessarily fits 
the type of team that the Thunder are trying to assemble. Um, so I don't know. I, I think wait and see, but I don't see Presti having uh, any sleepless nights over Shangu. <laughs> Fair. I hey, agree. Here, here's my advice to Thunder fans. Chill on the Shangun hype for about 18 months until we get the Oklahoma City Thunder versus Houston Rockets, uh, Alperin Shangun versus Ch- Holmgren matchup. <laughs> and then you can start to draw your conclusion. Okay, <laughs> yes. though, Chet does kind of check all the boxes that the Thunder like. Except right? his yeah. name is Chet. Yep. Yeah. Hey, Chet the bed, baby. <laughs> Chet the bed. I've, I'm already... We, we uh, should probably make the t-shirts early for the tank, Chet the bed. Uh, <laughs> Just I go ahead and get them printed. <laughs> I think, we're not I good. Think, we're not good at much, but we're good at making catchy slogans like <laughs> Pokemon, Chet the Bed. All right, Lu Justin, Tang. you get. Oh, dude, Lu Tang Clan ain't nothing to f with. <laughs> Justin, you get the last one. I feel like this one is very fitting for you, uh, fresh off of your summer league experience. Mm-hmm. Take it or leave it. The top five of this draft are as or more legit than advertised. Hmm. Well, we know I love summer league hot takes. So if anything, I'd like to judge somebody's entire career based off a few scrimmages in August <laughs> in Las Vegas. Where they've never played with the other guys. And uh, yeah. No chemistry. yeah. Um, they look legit. I'll say that. So I'm going to take this um, with a, a massive asterisk of it's only summer league. And we've seen, we've retweeted some of these over the last week, but I know others have as well. There is no shortage of ice cold takes from past summer leagues about what a player is going to be based off their summer league performance. And my main takeaway is you can throw out summer league. It literally means nothing. Whatever a player does good or bad means nothing. And so with that in mind, summer leagues for the fans, man. So yeah, it delivers on that, but (laughs) the top five guys looked really good. Jalen Suggs, who we haven't talked about looked really, really good. Hey, you don't um, remind me. I know. <laughs> I know. It's uh, a reason I, Jacob hasn't mentioned him yet. I think we've talked about the rest of the top five. You know, Evan Mobley, yep. he looked solid. He was probably the most like eh, of the five. Um, but everybody unpolished you know, physically looks the part. They're all enormous. Scotty Barnes for a lot of the first game against the Knicks was like the biggest guy on the floor. Mm -hmm. Um, Cade Cunningham looks the part, the poise, uh, the kind of game control. Jalen Green with the fiery emotions and the willing or being able to go get a bucket at will. Um, And then who have I not mentioned? I think. I think we talked about Cade. Cade and we talked about Cade. Cade Green, Suggs. I got it. So everybody looks the part. Everybody looks like they can be a future star NBA player. So if I were, you know, if I were to put money on it today, of uh, are all five of those guys future all-stars? I would say yes. I think Mobley is the one of those five that has the farthest to go physically mm-hmm. as yep. far as like bulking up and whatnot. Tell me this, and, and uh, getting a little off topic, I, and I agree with you. I think those top four are as legit as advertised. Whenever Taylor and I were at the watch party Friday night, Thunder versus Golden State, yep. is Kaminga as big as he looks? Yes. He's a big dude. He's, He's a big, huge. He's a big boy. I, I had the same reaction to Kaminga as I did Scotty Barnes. I thought yeah. it was like, Wiseman whoa. at first. Yeah. Yeah. Jacob goes, it's like, is Wiseman playing? And I'm like, uh, no, I think oh, that's Kaminga. And I was like, holy shit, he's big. So you can see, Nick and I had this conversation sitting there. Like, you can see it when you look at him, like why he was talked about for the number one pick at times. You yep. can see why prior to the G League bubble, like he was in physically, he's maybe the most ready for the league. He has the tools. The guy just needs to use them all the time. It was never about biggest thing. Exactly. It, it was never about physicality. It was never about talent with him. It it's was about just putting it about together. like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And we've seen tons of guys come into the NBA with all the talent in the world and not use it consistently hey, like michael beasley the, is still at summer league yeah, right michael beasley point. is a great example i that's was gonna point. say one that's probably meaner and more unfair of like a dwight <laughs> howard yeah of like a guy that like you he had obviously had really really strong stretches but just never 
really kind of capitalized on what he could be. And I think that's the concern with Kaminga is, yeah. is he a, uh, is, is he a Michael Beasley or is he, you know, a future NBA all-star? Um, yeah. Is he Beasley or is he Kawhi? Yeah, yeah. Because exactly. Beasley and Kawhi are built the same way. That's a great, that's a great comparison. And I think he, he fits that build. It's just putting it together for him. And yep. again, you can't take that away from summer league. Yeah. So I don't, I don't care how many like ankle breaking dunks he has. Like that and was a great dunk. Don't get me that's wrong. That's where like the gold state fit is like, is that a great thing for him or he's like going to kind of be in a more of a role type or like a, a specified role early in his career? Yeah. Or is that a bad thing? Like, do you want him with a team? Like, you know, hmm. just again, or a thunder podcast, let's just say the thunder where he would have a little more, yeah. a, a little more space to explore his game and expand his game early on. That's where I'm really like kind of torn there. Yeah. Justin, I got to ask you, cause I don't think this one has ever come up even in our private conversations. And speaking of is Jonathan Kaminga really that big? You only saw him for five minutes, <laughs> but Josh Giddy, like yes. tell us about, yeah. Th- does he look the part on the court? Like whenever he was out there, it's I mean, he came off the screen yeah. against Cade and threw the dunk down. Like as far as like height, build is like that did he look the part is he as big as advertised yes he he <laughs> is as big uh as, is he bigger as, than Cade? uh yeah he is wow um you see them i actually have a picture on my phone this is like proof that josh giddy played in the summer league it's <laughs> giddy, giddy and Cade face to face at midcourt Giddy's oh bringing yeah, the ball up it's like that. right in front of me I snapped the picture and it's awesome. a little blurry because I suck, but it uh <laughs> he, he's big. He's he's very tall. Was he um, the tallest guy on the court for the Thunder? Uh yeah, he's probably real close. Um it wasn't as imposing as like Scotty Barnes because he's not as cut as he's Scotty. Not as physically he's not big. as like physically imposing. Yep, but if yeah. he puts on weight and he fills out, like I mean, he's right in that category. He he has the frame to be scary. Um, it's it's definitely there. He's again Sit we talked my about my man like, down in mahogany's private table for two with Poku, him and, and Josh Poku, Giddy, and just hammer them steaks. Take him Stephen and Poku to the Brazilian steakhouse <laughs> and right. just don't ever turn their card off green every night. Um, <laughs> and, and hey, here's the thing: is like. Scotty is like a year and a half older than him too. Exactly. That's a good point. And that, you know, good point. yeah, that comes with time. That comes like you're, with you're age. a tall guy, Justin. When did you stop growing? Like height wise, <laughs> not, not girth wise, but height wise. Okay. Um, I stopped growing height wise, like sophomore year of high school. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, fingers crossed. That's not, not, that's not the thing with, with Josh. That's why he didn't yeah. make it in the NBA. Not yeah. Josh. Well, there's, there's many reasons. Josh <laughs> is six, nine. Like, yeah, and he won't be 19 until October. Yeah, if he continues to grow, like he could end up being like a legit 6'10, 6'11. Yeah, you know he could he could end up being almost as tall as like an Evan Mobley. Mm. That's wild. Yeah, I, it'll be. But even if he just like six ten and bulks up like that. Yeah, I, I, I think he cool. can. I think there was that report that he put on like 20 pounds uh, yeah. this calendar year. Yep. Um, just working out and getting bigger. And so, yeah, I just he, think of like, and I don't mean that I'm, I'm, I'm not making this comparison. I just mean from a physical standpoint, watching Kevin Durant early on in the Thunder and his career and just how thin his frame was, even from like a width standpoint, like you're mentioning, Justin. Yeah, the shoulders. Giddy yeah. has much more. Yeah, the shoulder. He, yeah. he looks like he can a take on more weight. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Much bigger, bigger frame, for sure. It, if we yep. can get uh, a Giddy transformation akin to the Giannis transformation, <laughs> I've never Easy. seen someone get as yoked as Giannis. I mean, That's just insane. Trey Mann is a combination of Trey Young and uh, Kyrie, and uh, Josh Giddy is <laughs> going to be bigger and stronger and better than Kevin Durant. Uh, just we're and, drinking and all Giannis the Kool Aid here at the Uncontested. Spicy, <laughs> all Extra the spicy tonight. I love it. I love it, gentlemen. <laughs> would you like to take a quick trip around the association? Yes, sir. Do it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. I don't even know where you're sitting at. Like. <laughs> All right. Around the association, enough summer league talk for one night. Let's <laughs> jump over to free agency, which... Shout out to my guys, Hamadou Diallo, Larry Markinen. Still no contracts. Yep. Prayers up, guys. And Dennis <laughs> Schroeder. I always say bet on yourself, but Dennis Schroeder uh, <laughs> put, yeah. put a little too much down on himself. So my Poor question man. for you guys, very simply for around the association tonight, what is your favorite, most impactful, or under-the-radar free agency pickup this NBA offseason? Hmm. Under the radar, yeah, it, it, it can be. Mm. You you can just call it your favorite one. You can call it the most under the radar one. You can call it the most impactful one. Uh, j- just got, give us the qualifier and then tell us who it is. I've got one that stuck with me ever since the signing. That kind of uh, shocked me. Shocks a lot of people. I think of me like it, it once it was announced, but it just kind of got maybe a little swept under the rug just based off all the signings that were to come after because it was fairly early in the process. PJ Tucker to mm-hmm. the heat yeah i mean that uh we he saw the impact the he had oh yeah he i mean that's that's a heat player to a t not only is it a heat player to a t but they get him like after he's kind of gone through his i don't want to call it a renaissance right but he's kind of like uh he, he, he he's continued to adapt to the game right? he's no longer like pj tucker who was a shooting guard who couldn't really shoot was super athletic and all that like he he's playing four in some cases small ball five and is able to shoot from outside and obviously uh, brings a heart and hustle on both ends of the floor and then getting him that miami heat system i think is huge for them as they continue to try and compete for a championship alongside jimmy butler obviously kyle lowry they just resigned duncan robinson still have tyler hero didn't have to give him up and then still have some depth there as well um outside of Drogic, which I think they're going to have to uh, maybe find another ball handler at some point uh, for as cheap as they maybe can. But with all that being said, uh, the PJ Tucker one's the first one to come off my mind when you asked that, that question, Jacob. Nice. I like that. I like the comment in the chat from Cole. Best under the radar move is probably Leangelo to Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Aaron Wiggins on a two way based off summer league. Hey, right? <laughs> jokes aside. So I'm, I'm racking my brain for, under the radar, I'm gonna go with Malik Monk. To the Ooh, that's a fun one. That's a really good um, one. I, and I, I think it's the under Lakers the radar right because of like all the other moves the Lakers made. Most notably, you know, some guy named Russell Westbrook. Um, obviously, kind of <laughs> overshadowed things, but I think Monk. 
he's always intrigued me. I mean, he was a walking bucket in college, obviously has been, been a little more up and down in the NBA, but if he can continue to shoot well, and he's surrounded by that supporting cast in LA, he could, he could have a really breakout season for them. That's a good one. They lost a Pope, but gave gained a monk. Hey, (laughs) got to do what you got to do. I'm going to say my favorite as far as fit and really dollar amount. uh, Yeah. Lonzo to Chicago. That's solid. I just think Lonzo and Zach are going to pair so well together. Zach is more of an offensive minded. He's a gunner. He can get a bucket. He can blow by anybody. Got the crazy athleticism. Lonzo's more of a push it in transition. Um, more of a, a spot up guy on offense. He's not going to run your half court offense, but he can be a secondary creator, much more defensive minded. And Lonzo and Zach, like fast breaks, Lonzo, Zach, and Patrick Williams fast breaks. That's fun. Are going to be a blast. I mean, um, you look at you look at Chicago's off season. I mean, obviously we, they made we a splash. I don't think they're Alonzo. championship contenders, but they made right. a splash. Uh, I talked about league passing. Alex Caruso. I uh, got Tony Bradley. I forgot about that. That's kind of yeah. interesting. Game um, changer. Javante right there. Green. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I mean, they, uh, yeah, it's DeMar DeRozan, obviously. So, right. yeah, but I just, I love the Lonzo and Zach fit. I think that's going to be a blast. Yep. Uh, I, for the dollar amount, for the fit, for everything, that's probably my favorite favorite off-season signing. I like that. I have another under-the-radar one before I, I jump into like a, a favorite or two of mine. Okay. Uh, Jeff Green to Denver. Again, oh, that's Jeff a Green, really good one. The journeyman. Uh, another one that just kind of gets swept under the rug, but like... He's going to play a poor man's Jeremy I, Grant's role. Yes, yeah, right. It, it's just so interesting to me. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. Just so interesting to me. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we I, I thought he was kind of to a point like last season where he decided to go and play with his friends, Kevin Durant James Harden. I just kind of thought he just would stay there that minimum hopefully get a ring, hang out with his friends, retire. Yeah, but he but got no, paid. And the he got fit, paid. Yeah. Exactly. And he's going to get more playing time. <laughs> that's a great one, Taylor. I like that yeah. one a lot. Um, oh, Dennis, speaking of Dennis Schroeder, uh, shout out Dennis to Boston. I just came across that one. Just thought I'd mention. Mm. Oh, here's a fun one too. Okay, speaking of the Nets, I thought they honestly, uh, as annoying as it may be, had a fantastic uh, offseason outside of losing Jeff Green. Patty Mills for them, I think, is going to be fantastic. I Patty Mills that. basically filling the Landry Shamet role for them. Yep. Right. I love yep. that a lot. That's good. I love that a lot. Justin, uh, you have any other ones, or do you guys man. have any like least favorite ones <clears throat> of the summer? Because I'll tell you, my least favorite one, hands down, the one that I just kind of scratched my head and just kind of said, like, why? Yeah. <laughs> Hassan Whiteside to to Utah. Oh yeah, that was a weird one. I kind of forgot about I just, that. I just don't get it. I forgot a lot about that. I thought Ooh, you were going to say uh, Eric Gordon to L.A. Oh, <laughs> you were talking about another one that you just read the Woj bomb and it's like okay, yeah, why? Right. That, that's what that right. was my reaction to the Woj bomb tonight of the Clippers yes. Memphis trade. I was like, oh, that was weird. It's a trade. Oh, sorry, that's what I meant, Eric Bledsoe. Eric, That's what I was. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Gordon. Yeah. I was like, Gordon. I said Gordon. Okay. My bad. Oh, I, I had. Yeah, a, so. oh, I had one the other. two that I think you know are really solid moves. They're not exciting because they weren't um, transfers. But Chris Paul and Kevin Durant re-signing, I think, are both huge moves for each of those franchises. Chris Paul, yeah. obviously, invaluable to the Suns getting him locked down from, uh, if nothing else, a mentorship perspective for that young team, I think it's going to be huge. And Kevin Durant locking down for four years with the Nets is, is a very big deal. Um, you know, might be Kevin Durant's, you know, finale of his, his career in Brooklyn. And if, if you can secure that, that's uh, no small feat. Definitely. Yep. And Hey, matching that Kawhi Leonard, Signing a three plus one right. with the Clippers, yes. probably just to play out two years and then sign a max extension. Um, but interesting nonetheless. Mm-hmm. I thought the uh, Zach Collins to San Antonio that that was kind of a That's head a scratcher. Because mm-hmm. like, right, because of the money they offered. Like I get taken a fire on somebody who's injured by kind of by a low situation, but that was just weird. Um, the Doug McDermott one for San Antonio was very strange as well. They kind of had a very strange off season. Like yeah, same look, same as New Orleans, just kind of yeah, weird. Know what they're yeah, doing. right. Yeah, that, that was the, that's another one. I had one other one as well. I thought somebody was overpaid, but I can't find it now. Um, um, but I think that's a really good point, especially yeah. if they can get um, get James Harden 
and, uh, and, and Kyrie under extensions, like, uh, gosh, what's his, what's his face? Almost said Shepard, um, Mar- not Marks. Yeah. Sean Marks. Sean like Marks. he was talking about, uh, he was being interviewed during summer league and, and mentioned he's very confident that he'll be able to get, or that they will be able to get both of them, um, yeah, under extensions I would as well. hope so. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> my last free agency yeah. thought, um, and maybe my favorite free agency thought is that Damian Lillard went on on the record during Team USA practice oh, and straight yeah. up said, our roster is not good enough and it needs to change or I need to find new, a new yep. scenery. And they said, all right, uh, who do they go sign? <laughs> one of the I was going to mention this. One of the white Zellers. Oh, and <laughs> uh, who was the other guy they signed? Oh, um, somebody like super insignificant, like a Trevor. Reese. Here we go. Uh, so they got Norman back, which is big. They got Tony Snell. Big oh, yeah. Was it? Tony Locking Snell, Ben McLemore, and Zeller. Norman Zeller. Powell. <laughs> Norman <laughs> Powell <laughs> resigned. What is a yeah. disaster? Back All I can think truck. of is um, Dame saying to Neil Olshay, I need a championship roster. This isn't going to work. You need to make trades. You need to make some splashes in free agency. <laughs> make it work. And then I think of the Pawn Stars meme where Neil O'Shea just says, best I can do, best I can do is Zeller. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's going to be fascinating to keep an eye on. Like, is Dame just too loyal, to, almost to a fault? Yeah. And we just see and is Neil O'Shea just an idiot, or is he a the idiot? Right. <laughs> right. That's the question. <laughs> Uh, All right, gentlemen, we've gone for an hour here. Thank you guys for joining the Young Contested. If you joined us live tonight, we appreciate you so much. Thank you guys for hopping on every Sunday night, 9 p.m. Central Time. We love the conversations in the chat, the questions, everything. So thank you guys. If you're listening to the podcast version, hey, shout out. Make sure you go drop a five-star rating wherever you get your podcasts from. That would mean a ton to us. Helps the pod become more seen. Helps us be able to do a lot cooler stuff. So keep that up. Drop us five-star rating. We appreciate you guys. We will be back Monday night tomorrow for a green room hangout. So make sure you have the Spotify green room app downloaded and come hang out with us tomorrow. Wednesday, we will do a live podcast from the green room. Then Friday, another green room hangout. So we'll be with you guys three more times this week. Enjoy the final Thunder Summer League game. We know you're probably going to sneak it in while you're working. So uh, enjoy that. We'll talk to you after that one. Have a great start to your week. And as always, Thunder Up. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.